Good day. You're listening to Free City Radio. This is the 161st edition of the show. I'm Stefan Christoph in Montreal, GeoGiage. For the program this week, I'm going to be featuring a conversation with Mohamed Ba from City Rights Radio. This is a grassroots community radio initiative in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, where I spoke with Mohamed at his studio. This is a project that is launched by asylum seekers in Amsterdam, creating a space to have conversations about what they've experienced uh, as refugees in Europe and Amsterdam specifically, but to talk about the ways that the migration crisis um, has affected the city of Amsterdam and also the ways that it has personally affected their lives. Mohammed is an asylum seeker from Conakry, Guinea, and traveled up um, across the West African coast, up through Morocco to Europe. And he shares his story, but he also talks about the ways that he has worked to bring together uh, asylum seekers through this radio project. Often we hear a lot about uh, community radio initiatives that um, create space for migrant voices, for refugee voices. What's really interesting about City Rights Radio in Amsterdam is it is a project launched by asylum seekers, uh, a podcast and radio show online. Uh, this is a conversation we recorded in January of this year in Amsterdam, and I'm really happy to share it here on Free City Radio. City Rights Radio is a podcast show that is currently on Spotify, and the idea behind it is to make is to give uh, undocumented migrants and refugees a place where they can counteract the stories that are told about them elsewhere and give them the opportunities to tell their own stories at their own time and pace. Uh, what you see often is that a lot of times people talk about us without us. And when this happens, is there is going to be misinformation and things are going to be said, uh, things will be said in the wrong way. And we want to get give ourselves the, a voice so this is a start. Respect. Um, so yeah, let's maybe just talk about that uh, a bit because here in the Netherlands in the last years, there's been a lot of um, politicians trying to speak critically about migrants. In a lot of the news reports, we don't hear directly from people who have the experience of migration, asylum seekers, migrants. So can you talk a little bit about trying to set up this project, City Rights Radio. Why why was it important? Um, how do you reach out to people? Um, what types of stories are you trying to tell uh, here in Amsterdam? Well, I am the co-founder of the City Rights Radio. <clears throat> and uh, I observe that whenever I'm with friends and I tell them, tell them about who I am, where I came from and stories of my childhood growing up, they got really, really interested in it and they really loved it. And whoever I got the opportunity to connect to this extent of telling these stories always became someone that I would stay in touch for a very, very long time. Nice. So the idea was why not amplify this to a larger, you know, scale? Because these people really see me as human. We all had a childhood, we all went to school, we all have friends, you know? And the more you see me as human, the more 
you're empathetic to my situation and the more you will want to do something about it to the best of your abilities of course and we founded this and that's how it started talking about migration migrants in media i mean we are the scapegoat to a lot of politicians and a lot of campaigns are based around us we are blamed for everything despite being people that just need help that just want a second chance in life that just want an opportunity you know to to be mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. so counteracting what politician says i believe is very important and the best way to do that is to tell our own stories is to have a platform that is by migrants i am a migrant i am a refugee and that is authentic you know when i have an interview with someone i listen to them and i put it out there straight like this is what he has to say mm -hmm. and if you're someone that wants to know about migrant instead of going to a big news organization that only cares about views that only cares about the amount of numbers or sales that they make you cannot get the right information but when you come to city rights radio chances are that you get some answers to some of the questions that you ask yourself that's why it's, i believe it's important respect um so a bit about um amsterdam and like migrant support like we're in uh, your radio studio, but this is part of a broader organization. Uh, there's a lot of people who are working to support migrant rights in Amsterdam. So where where are we right now? So we are currently in the office of the Here to Support. I am I work for the Here to Support, and uh, because we do in an uh, how can I say this? Reframing migrants and migration as a whole is important. We have a specific section section mm -hmm. that is dedicated to media and things like that and then we have the other sections that are like for case management wherein we help people that are newcomers in the city that needs help with shelter or lawyers or doctors and we have a youth hangout we it's a very large space uh, you see we have more than three rooms in the studio nice and uh, there are youth hangout and most of the times also uh, we lend the space not rent lend it to organizations like mm. migrant workers from the philippines or indonesia that do use it to do their meetings and there is a call out there to people that are part of social groups whenever they need to make podcasts the studio is at their disposal and I told them specifically, like, if it is in English, I'll help you to edit afterwards. <laughs> but if it is in Dutch, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, you're working on the language. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, Here to Support is part of many organizations that are in the city that helps undocumented migrants. Now, when I say undocumented migrants, we have, like, different types. Mm -hmm. The asylum process mm -hmm. is very complex. Mm-hmm. There are people that apply and they're given a Dublin, uh, Dublin, they have a, like a Dublin. What is a Dublin? A Dublin is an, is an European law that says the first country that you enter from within the EU is responsible for your asylum case. Mm -hmm. 
like if you cross from one country and go to another to ask for asylum mm -hmm. you have a dublin and if your dublin case is given a negative you will have to go back Mm -hmm. I mentioned to you earlier that I came from Spain to the Netherlands mm -hmm. and I had a Dublin. I was asked to go back to Spain and the alternative to that was to stay in Amsterdam illegally, mm -hmm. homeless for partly mm -hmm. for 18 months before your Dublin is cancelled, then you can apply. And then we have people that apply for asylum, they go through the normal procedure and they're rejected and uh yeah wow so these are the two type these are the two people that falls within what we call here undocumented migrants and uh because many people have no other options but to stay like a lot of us when we come to the netherlands mm -hmm. after traveling for a very very long time some mm -hmm. people travel for months some people travel for years yeah and then you come here and the procedure is so long like you only your Dublin case takes like six months to eight months if I'm not mistaken and then what happens is mm -hmm. during this time you got the opportunity to start a life exactly and it is like the first place that you ever have a stability of feeling like hey I'm not on the run anymore I just want to rest I've been traveling for two years been scared and then people want to fight for this that's why when people are given negative, they still want to go back and fight. Or when they have a Dublin claim, they don't want to go back. So then the need for organization to help these people legally or with shelter is really, really high. Because mm -hmm. we've seen the situation right now, more and more climate problems, more and more uh, conflicts around the world. And people are seeking help go into other places mm -hmm. to start a new life respect so there are many organizations and the here to support is one of them in uh the netherlands there is a lot of industries uh particularly food industries mm -hmm. uh agricultural production yeah. uh, uh warehouse massive agricultural warehouses i would imagine a lot of them depend on migrant workers to do a lot of jobs there's a lot of uh a lot of uh, industries here in the Netherlands that actually uh, depend on migrants for their labor. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, people are in a precarious legal situation. Uh, you know, in Canada, this is a, a reality. You know, in a lot of industries, um, this is what's going down. Yeah. Um, undocumented people carried a lot of the weight during the pandemic, like in warehouses and, and in a lot of industries, including even healthcare, uh, janitorial services, for example. I don't know how that went down here, but I'd be interested in hearing a bit about that and understanding a bit more. So just that so you know, I am not, most of the migrant workers are from Philippines and Indonesia. Okay. And I'm speaking on their behalf because I've worked with them and I know a bit of the situation. But indeed, there are a lot of migrant workers here that are undocumented. And of course, COVID amplified the, uh, the need for people like this to be catered for because most of the times people want to live under the radar. Nobody wants to be seen. They don't want to have problem because of the uh, situation. 
and most of these people work as cleaners in hotels mm-hmm. or as uh, babysitters mm-hmm. or as home cleaners mm-hmm. or in restaurants and uh, during covid mm-hmm. because of the lockdown and the fact that people had to stop working and mm-hmm. people were home a lot of these people lose, lost their jobs and some could not afford rent over time it became a very very huge problem what i don't understand though is why would countries why there is a huge need for workers all over the world right now we have the great resignation in, in the united states as they call it we have a lot of restaurants bars hotels looking for workers and because of the recently until recently of course because of the restrictions of travels due to the covid many european countries could not get workers to come migrant workers you know they have this thing where they mm-hmm. ask people to come from certain countries to work but then they have a very very large workforce that is just here that is sitting that are not given the opportunities you know many many people from this community are very smart are very hard working and are just looking for opportunities and the economists in europe as smart as they are don't seem to realize that bringing people from abroad whereas there's a large workforce here is not only sustainable but stupid and dumb i just don't understand why this is look at me i was undocumented until uh this uh april 2022 you know Prior to that, I was just allowed to, you cannot go to school except if you want to learn the Dutch language or things like that, just basic. But if I had been able, if I had let myself to, you know, accept the fate that was given to me as you cannot work, you cannot go to school, you just need to learn. There would have not been a city rights radio or a city Amsterdam city uh, mm-hmm. a city rights app, you know. But because you don't want to accept what people decide for you, you try to do things at your own. Mm. And fundamentally, I believe being creative and not letting people dictate your life, whoever they are, no matter what the circumstances are, is very important. And because. Personally, I said no, and I know a lot of people that despite the situation that they're in with their legal status, try to volunteer, try to come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. They create a lot of wonderful stuff. Of course. And yeah, I hope at least what we do here can have a positive impact and help our communities and definitely inspire the Dutch community and the rest of the world that migrants we are not a burden we come with a gift of diversity willing to learn and ready to share we just want the opportunity you know mm. this narrative of they're here to take our job bro none of you are cleaning any hotels none of you are cleaning any you don't babysit we're just helping you out to build your careers and stuff and then you're angry at that again I mean, wake up in the morning, go on the metro, see the type of people that you see going very, very early to work, either black or what, Filipinos, 
-hmm. very very be people very very that I you know just understand that there is a difference of course a lot of people go to work but our community is suffering and then we're still blamed for things unnecessarily like one person in said to me mm -hmm. I mean we are all animals there's nobody that take in uh, nitrogen or stuff the better we accept that there will be more and more migrants coming because of the pending climate crisis conflicts that are going on that the West is responsible for in a kind of way so better accept that sometimes to have a better society you need to leave your comfort zone and in this scenario leaving your comfort zone would mean accepting someone that is from a different part of the world that is trying to survive in the place that you call home and that you have a lot more to to gain from befriending this person than making this person your enemy sorry i'm talking too much maybe That's great. Uh, thanks so much. So I, I would be actually interested to, to hear from you mm. in this context. How did you get the idea to start a radio show? What happened? How did this, how did this go down? Like, I guess you talked with different people. I'd love to hear the story. Wow. So I've been volunteering for the here to support for a very long time. And a lot of people tell me that, Hey, you are a very good storyteller, something that I don't believe at all, but people say I tell good stories. And uh, one day I was sitting with my boss, colleague and friend, Savannah Kulin, and I was like, you know what, maybe we could start a radio. We need to apply for funds and let's do this. And the next thing that I know, we, they were able to find some money and then we bought some materials. You know, it was just a dream, you know, we should start a podcast, we should start a radio. And we have the Amsterdam City Right, which is a, an organization that comprises documented and, document, and undocumented people that challenges the status quo. And then we have the City Rights Radio now that falls under the Amsterdam City Right. And then we have the City Right app that is an informative, informative app that provides information for undocumented people. So we just thought of it. And the next thing you know, we got the materials and now we had to we had to start podcast and then you know you just call and ask around and we had a friend of one of our colleagues who makes podcasts mm. and then he came and he gave uh, some workshops respect yeah and that's how it started the next thing you know just went and started recording and a lot of people told me like, hey, from listening to your podcast, I saw how you grew into it. Mm. Like you could see the difference from the first episode, the mm. second episode. I talk a lot. You know, I want to share my opinion. I believe, I don't know what it will do, but if it is there, if I think about something, I want to share it. And mm. this was a problem in the first episodes. You could hear that I would interrupt the guest, like, no, this is it. And then gradually it became more professional. And today I'm making a podcast with a colleague of mine from uh, Denmark for the ECF, the European Cultural Foundation, on the project Reframing Migrants in European Media. 
So, I mean, that's how it started with just a dream, with just the trying to attack the problems that migrants face from different angles. Mm. You know, we have tried protest. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a long-term effect because it means you have to constantly protect protest. Of course, it's not it's not the it's not the best way to change. I mean, I cannot come to your country. Okay, this is probably going to create problems, but I don't believe that uh, protesting is the best way to make your voice heard. Okay. I mean, I believe in telling stories. I believe in looking human. I believe in empathy. I believe in connection. Whenever you connect us with someone, they understand your problem. And whenever you're seen as human, you know, that difference of color, of, you know, migration status or whatsoever fades away. And mm-hmm. then people will listen to you. Well, maybe protesting is sometimes can be kept as a last resort, but I don't know. That's just my way. I hope it works out because that's the dream. That's the, that's, that's it. We don't just want to sit in the studio and talk and with no me uh, end result. Mm. But I hope people that listen can really understand because we tell stories. Of course, sometimes we have to cut out because even we ourselves that have been through a lot, we hear some things that are really like, what? But Intense. Yeah, of course. Yeah. This job is not easy, you know. Mm. And I really admire a lot of the people that do this because there is a lot of stories that really, really mm. it that traumatizes you over time. Mm. And uh, sometimes we have to cut those out because we don't want these to make it there. Of course, we have to tell them at some point, but when I don't feel ready, when... We don't think the people are ready to listen to this. We don't share them. I hope at least people listen and that they realize that we're just humans trying to give ourselves a voice and mm-hmm. make change. So uh, some people who are listening to this show are going to remember the conversations that we had with uh, asylum seekers from Guinea mm-hmm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we could just end to... Um, reflect a little bit about the importance of what's happening in Guinea uh, and uh, in Kanakri, mm-hmm. what's going down. I mean, this is um, one of your home bases mm-hmm. uh, at one point yeah. in your life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a very interesting connection with this program because we've spoken to quite a few um, activists, community organizers from Guinea. Um yeah, so what are maybe one or two important points for people to understand about what's happening in Guinea today? Well, uh, so basically in Guinea, every president that ever came to power tried to die in power so far. And in 2009, there was an opposition rally in a stadium and uh, these gates were locked and military came with guns and killed over 150 people that's the official but we rumors rumors says it's more and uh, women were raped and this was bad but since 2009 people have been calling protesting asking for justice asking for a trial for the people that were responsible for this to be prosecuted and pay for their crimes but this was not uh, 
given to the Guinean population that have been yearning for it for a very long time. Now, justice delayed, like I said, is justice denied. And in the 13 years of refusing to give justice to the people that were killed and the women that were ripped, raped, uh, people died in these 13 years. Some fled. And now there's a trial going mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Many think the trial is a scam to remove the focus from the military regime that is currently ruling Guinea that is becoming very unpopular. But also, many see a lot of other problems as many people who gave statements earlier before the trial started, like a long time ago, are saying that they don't remember stuff, they're not responsible, and there is like a ping pong blame. He's responsible, he's responsible, mm -hmm. I was not there, someone saw you, no, that's not true, it cannot be true. So, this is what this is the show that is going on in Guinea currently. I hope at least uh, the victims and the families of these people, despite whatever, however it goes, in my opinion, it's not going well. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm being too critical, but it's been 13 years, and the president then, who was Musa Dadis Kamara, clearly says he's not responsible and he was the head of state and it was a military regime and mm -hmm. the military were the ones that went to the stadium and all his command uh, his subordinates that were in close contact with him some of whom were at the stadium says he was responsible he said someone else is responsible no end i hope at least there will be justice for the women that were raped and the people that uh, died so that their families you know can mourn and they can rest in peace. In the last few years, also, there's been protests in Guinea um, for human rights. A lot of student groups have been protesting. Yeah. Um, I know that both uh, Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch have done some really uh, thorough, in-detail reports yeah. about the student movement in Guinea. And one thing that came up, and maybe we can end on this point, um, is the fact that there's a lot of uh, companies in Guinea, mining companies, um, you know, that are operating there, uh, Canadian mining companies, French mining companies that are benefiting from the natural resources in Guinea. Uh, also, a lot of um, people who've left Guinea because of the political instability are playing a big role, like in Montreal, you know, and in Quebec and France, a lot of people uh, did essential work during the pandemic. Um, yeah, so just any reflections on sort of the ways that like it there's a connection, right? Like often that connection is sort of broken, like, oh, okay, there's a political instability in Guinea, it's disconnected, but obviously that has a, an effect on migration and it has an effect on the economic relationships. Well, let me put it this way. There is a lot of economic instability in Guinea and this has forced a lot of people to leave. These economic instabilities only affect locals, mining companies, despite protests on daily basis. Guinea is one of the, has one of, uh, one half of the total bauxite reserve in the world. And when we are protesting, when people are getting shot, the train that takes the bauxite from the mining to the shipment to export them never stops. There is a lot of chaos 
when there is political instability and i believe that these mining companies should not make use of this potentially i'm a billionaire i'm from guinea you know but in reality i have my family that is poor and i have been forced to run away and living here in exile and this is not fair we are rich you know there's a better way there should be a better way mm. but we just don't see it Mohammed, thanks so much for taking the time today. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That was a conversation with Mohammed Ba, who is an asylum seeker and radio host in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. He has launched a project called City Rights Radio that brings forth the voices of migrants to talk about their experiences as refugees, both the process of seeking asylum, but also the ways that they have faced barriers and uh, have struggled to overcome systemic discrimination within Western Europe. And Mohammed speaks about his experience in Amsterdam. Thank you so much to Mohammed for taking the time to uh, speak on Free City Radio. Thank you to my friend Sarah in Amsterdam for helping set this up. Free City Radio airs once a week on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal on Wednesdays at 11 on CGLO 1690 AM in Montreal, also GeoGeage on Tuesdays at 1 PM on CKUW 95.9 FM on Tuesdays at 8 AM on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at 11.30 on Wednesdays and on CFUV at 9 AM on Wednesdays that is 101.9 FM in Victoria, British Columbia. Free City Radio on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Just look us up. Our archives are at soundcloud.com slash freecityradio. Thank you again to Mohammed for being on the show and I'll talk to you soon.